and welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast. This week we have got um, an interesting, different style of episode for you again. Um, but as always, I'm joined by Daniel Fears. How are you, Dan? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Now, today, as I said, we're going a little bit different. We're joining a trend that has been going around, has been going a lot uh, around social media lately, and we're going to be ranking the uh, Premier League managers in the uh, the god tier uh, list maker now we've both got uh, 10 managers each dan has taken the uh, even numbered places in the table because we've gone from the premier league table then i've got the odd one so i'm going to start us off of course with jürgen klopp i mean there's not much there's not much to argue here uh, i've got to mention our our rankings are excellent good okay poor and bad and we're basing them off this season so as i said jürgen klopp there's not much we can argue with is down he's got to be in the excellent column of course he's won the league and he's like so far away from man city it's incredible of course they got they got 99 points just going to put that in there just as a bit of you know reinforcement to our position on klopp he's quite an easy one uh so dan we've got pep next um, I went with OK, because with the squad he's got, I think he should be challenging a bit more on Liverpool than what they managed to this season. And as soon as Vincent Company left, he knew that he needed to bring in a centre-back, but for some reason, he didn't. Do you agree? I would put him more of the... From from other people, I've put, um, I would put him in good, because he didn't have a a bad season. I think everyone knew that there was going to be the year that Liverpool did get to City. Yeah, you're right that, you know, they didn't challenge them as much. But I think that's just last year Liverpool skipped up and I think they did that this year. So I think we can either put him in one of them. Um, I put him in excellent, excellent slash good because, you know, they did finish second. Of course, he got 81 points. So, should we compromise and put him in the good, goodish section? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. We can. You could argue both, really. Mm. Now, third, we of course had the uh, the last day entry into the top four for Manchester United, their third place. Of course, led by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We all know he's at the wheel. Um, if you ever meet any United fan, they're very keen to say that. Now, um, I, I put. Ollie, in my opinion, in the good tier because when you've looked after sort of Alex Ferguson, Man United have struggled to you know come back into form and get a get a decent push for Champions League. But I think that the players have now they've kind of got a squad that can can do that, and I think that Ollie's doing a good job there. He's got um, got quite a good project going on. Do you agree with that? 100%. I think they could really be challenging for the title next season if they keep Holly and they just need to bring a centre-back in to play alongside Harry Maguire. Yeah. Now, fourth place is Mr Lampard. I think he's done an excellent job considering he's um, not had any money to spend because of their transfer ban. Um, that's it, really. I think he's done an excellent job. I have, of course, secured Champions League football for them. And if you're looking at, um, of course, Man United finished just above them in third, but they had equal points. Both had 66 points. 
I think I think that's a fair enough, you know, justification. He's came up obviously he's not had much experience Derby last year. You could argue that, you know, he hasn't won anything. He had the FA Cup final, which he lost last in last year when he was at Derby, lost the playoff final. So he's not got a great record in finals, but but as you said, with no transfers, you know, being able to happen for him is quite good. And I think he's got, of course, Werner and Ziek coming in. Do you, of we mentioned last week, could we see him, you know, Chelsea becoming the dominant force? I can't see them becoming a dominant force, but I can see them certainly pushing Liverpool and Man City. Now, in fifth place is, of course, Leicester. They dropped out of the top four after majority majority of the year there, um, pretty much against Man United, secured their fate in that last game of the season. Um but for Brendan Rodgers, I've put him, in my opinion, in the good the good tier because we uh, saw Ranieri had that, that wonder season and then they didn't really have... They kind of dropped off a bit, of course, selling Mares and Kante. Puel, at the start of the season, couldn't get them going. But then as soon as Brendan Rodgers came from Celtic, we saw a revival in the side, of course. Um, he got a bit more energy and we got them pressing pressing to get better results of course the 9-0 versus Southampton will be a very memorable one do you agree that he should be in the good category uh, yeah um, he would have been excellent if he kept up his form after lockdown but he lost it a bit with the players then I don't know whether that's because they couldn't see them challenging um, for the title or whether it's because they couldn't see themselves dropping out but if they kept their form going until the end of the season I reckon he would have been an excellent, but I'd say good so fair. Well, Brendan Rodgers himself said that um, after a few of the a few little you know bad results after the restart, that they're not good enough for Champions League football. Do you think that might have given the players a bit of a knock, or do you think that could have encouraged them to you know prove him wrong? I think that would have um, encouraged them to prove them that he's wrong because. They started towards the end of the um, season. They started putting in a bit more of a push for the playoffs and putting in better performances. Now, sixth, of course, Spurs. Um, Jose Mourinho. They had a bit of a weird season, of course, with all the Pochettino and then Mourinho coming in, which no one really expected. They got 59 points, uh, Leicester got 62, so it was a bit of a, got a three-point gap there. I think, in my opinion, I've put him in okay because, I mean, he he didn't really have a lot to work with. He had good players to work with, but they just haven't really, you know, got much mm. going this season. I think that Mourinho is a bit past his time. We've, we saw he was brilliant at Chelsea, he was he was quite good at United. He got them second, but I mean, if if uh, Daniel Levy can get him some good transfers, I feel that you know Spurs could do quite well under Mourinho. But I don't think he's as amazing as he was uh, at Chelsea. Do you agree with that? One hundred percent. He's he doesn't have it in him anymore. I don't think. But you can tell that by his interviews now, can't you? Because he just. Mm. He turns up and he says, I'm not going to make a comment about that because I'm going to get in trouble. So, it's, yeah, fair enough. You I don't know. You put him in good. You, you put him in good or okay? Um, I'll put him in good. 
because he's, he's got them Europa League football and you didn't see that coming when Pochettino left earlier on in the year. Yeah, fair enough. Now, in seventh place is Wolves. Many people would say they deserve to be you know, a bit a bit higher up, but I don't know whether you could put them above Spurs, but they've been a very good team, of course. have uh, had a strong you know, climb under De Cos, uh, Espirito Santo from the championship, and I think that was mainly the big old money of, of course, him coming in, Neves coming in, of course, the Portuguese revolution at the Molyneux. This season, you know, seventh, they were beating a lot of the good teams, and that's why I've put him in good, um, because mm. he's been all the top, uh, all the top, top teams. You know, they come, they see, oh, we've got Wolves, and they, they're not necessarily as like, oh, we got Wolves, we can easily get past them. They're a challenging team, and it's always an entertaining match to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. Do you agree with that? Yeah, they always seem to come up with the shocks. They're one of them strange teams that can beat the top teams, but and then they'll go and lose to someone like Burnley or mm. someone like that that you wouldn't expect them to lose to. Now, in eighth place is Mikel Arteta, Dan. This is one of your, one of your people, is it? I know this is mine, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Arteta, Arsenal, interesting one, of course. They've just won the FA Cup at the weekend um, previously. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few years if they do keep Arteta and, you know, give him a bit of money. We've all seen that he's been very, well, the club have been very reliant on Aubameyang this season. And if they don't have him, then they are screwed. Um, but I think for what he's... He's what he's been given. He's had he's had an okay seat first season in management. I put him in okay because didn't really apart from you can say the FA Cup, but he didn't really do loads to you know stand out and go wow look it's look what Arteta is doing at Arsenal. I think he's just getting ready. I think he's just securing this season. That's why I put him in okay in my opinion. What's your thoughts on Arteta? Um, I think he's had a brilliant season just in the sense of he's got Arsenal playing again. And he's got them a trophy, and that's what any team wants, especially the um, FA Cup, because for Arsenal fans, hopefully it'll be the first of many for them. So what, what ranking would you put Arteta in? I'd put him in good. Yeah, I'm. it, it was a struggle for me between OK and good, if just looking at you. Yeah. This is their lowest league position, of course, in a long time, but... You could, pl- you could blame that on Emery a lot from the start of the season. He's just gone to Villarreal, so we can say good evening to them. Um, now, they Arsenal got 56 points, but in ninth was Chris Wilder. What did you, what did you make of his season, Dan? I thought he's had an excellent season. He's been... He's got them challenging. He's a very, they're a very organised team. You wouldn't look at any of their players and go, wow, but all of them know what exactly what they're doing and that's what? how they beat teams. Do what you do agree? you mean? They've got David McGoldrick. He's <laughs> one of those wow players. Um, yeah, I agree. How he, They've come up from the championship this year and I don't think anyone could have seen them coming coming ninth. And you know, The whole season they've been challenging big teams, but that is it was very, very impressive from him especially with the fact that his attack is Billy Sharp, McGoldrick and Ollie McBurney, how they've managed to, you know, 
be a threat. That is an interesting one. But yeah, I agree. He's had an excellent season and um be interesting to see what happens next season, depending on what players they bring in. I don't really know where I haven't looked at Sheffield much, but where they bring in players and what positions they need to fix. Could you see them sustaining about ninth place next year? I could see them getting Europa League next season if they just sign a midfielder because their defence is organised, so they don't need a defender, I don't think. I just think they need a midfielder to sustain it. Now, in 10th place, also on 54 points like Sheffield United, is Burnley and Sean Dyche. Now, we don't know whether Sean Dyche will be at the club next season. Um there is a lot of, you know, this rumor that he is gonna he's gonna leave due to, you know, not being happy with the board and the supposed um, sale of, uh, I think, I can't remember who's it, is it Hendricks um, to AC Milan? Of course, uh, everyone's well known, well known transfer to AC Milan for him. So it should be interesting. There's a lot of rumors of where he'll end up if he does leave. But if we look at his season, I think. I think it's okay. There's nothing that stood out for like past years where they've climbed up to get more European football. It's an okay season. Nothing to moan about. Nothing to, you know, say, look at us about it. Do you agree with that? 100%. They've not overachieved and they've not underachieved. Because at the beginning of the season, I'd say their target was probably to stay up. So mm. Now... 11th place, which I, I'm quite impressed that they've managed to do this, um, is Southampton and, of course, Ralph Hassenhutl, everyone's favourite German manager. Now, he um, said an interesting one, of course. Near Christmas, he was possibly getting sacked. Of course, the big 9-0 versus Leicester that they lost. Um, but he's managed to turn it round. They've they've been quite a good side. I've I've put them in OK because... Again, like Burnley, they lost dramatically near the start of the season, but they've kind of turned it around in the second half. I think, especially, I don't know whether it's him or whether it's just Danny Ings, but what Danny Ings has done for him this season has been spectacular. I don't think anyone could have predicted that this year. But, as I said, I think it's an okay season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Danny Ings has been exceptional and... They definitely need to keep hold of him during the summer because I reckon there'll be some big clubs wanting him. Mm. Now, 12th place, a bit of a shock, of Carlo Ancelotti with Everton. Now, this could be either... You could look at it two ways with him at Everton. It could be this instant impact that everyone wants or do you, it's going to be this long-term project that he could build. We will see out. Personally, I think considering it's him. I know he's only come in half the season, but he's been, I put him in between okay and poor because they've got good players. They've got, um, they've got Calvert-Lewin, of course. Sigurdsson's a good player. They've got, they have got the uh, England number one, which could be debatable now. They've got strong players, but nothing seems to be working really for them. I think, of course, give him next season. Let's see, let's see what he does. But I personally have seen a bit of a pour this season because yeah, nothing's really happened for them and they've kind of had another disappointing year. Would you would you be happy with this season as an Everton fan? 
I'll put them. I'll put Ancelotti as okay because he's not had um, too much to work with when they went there. They've got a good squad, but it's not like they could have been challenging for anything. And when they came back from lockdown, I thought they looked in quite good form. Then they went on a little bit of a blip, and then they're a really strange one. Like they're a team that you look at some weeks and you think what a result for them, and then the next week you look at them and they've gone and lost to a strange yeah. team. They are they are a very interesting one, and it be I'd hate to be an Everton supporter because mm. you never know what's going to happen. Few like last season or the season before, everyone's saying, "Oh, look, we can, we might be challenging for Europe this year because, because why not?" But they seem to have dropped off from being the top ten club to the mid-table now. Um, now thirteenth is Newcastle and Steve Bruce. I put him as okay in my opinion. He's done quite well considering you know everyone thought. Why the hell have you hired Steve Bruce? He's come. He came from Sheffield Wednesday. No one really thought he would be able to pull off a bit of a survival for them. They didn't have a great start to the season, but he's definitely come in and I think he's strengthened things. I'm sure he'll be very disappointed, as many Newcastle fans will, that the that the Saudi deal has has not happened. But that is a whole. That could be a whole new episode of just talking about the Saudi deal and all the issues with that. But do you agree with when it comes to just Steve Bruce that he's had an okay season? Absolutely. He's been incredible for them. They've only got two players, really. That Alan St. Maximin and um, Almiron. But he hasn't hit the heights that he was meant to. Um, I think he's had a fantastic season. He's kept them up which was obviously their aim and I think they could be top 10 next season yeah as long as they bring in the right players because of course we've seen this year how poor Joe Linton is because he can't seem to score but mm. whether they well I don't think they'll offload him because it's only been one one season but I can definitely see them bringing in someone else because Andy Carroll on the bench is not going to be sufficient enough to try and get top no. 10 now, 14th, Crystal Palace, so Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson, what an interesting um, what an interesting one. I just put okay because, I mean, this is probably where they were expected to be, about mid-table. Um, it's going to be a struggle, in my opinion, for them next year because I can't see... It. I mean, he might not go because of the you know, quick restart to the season. Uh, for the next season. I don't know whether they'll keep Zaha. Um, he's a bit of a problem for them. But I, I I just put him as okay because there's not a lot you can really say about their season. They've put a few good results. Um, but uh, there's not much to say. Do you agree, Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, they've not underachieved. They've not overachieved. If they were didn't have Zaha, they'll be fighting to stay up. If they've got Zaha, they're a mid-table side. Mm. So it's, it's a weird one with them again. They've just mm. they must be very boring to support because they don't do anything. Um, now fifteenth is Brighton, and of course Graham Potter. Now he's he's always been a bit 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 odd to think about. He's only been, of course, he was with Swansea 
coming from like Ostersons to Swansea and now he's got the Brighton job and they're right. I mean, I put him between, I couldn't decide between okay because it's 15th. It's not, it's quite a respectable finish for them and a bit poor because, you know, they didn't really do anything. They, they, of course, they were struggling with relegation at the start. So I guess you could just say he's got on the okay one because he's kept them up. Would you, would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, they've got no one spectacular in their squad and they always manage to stay up somehow. Mm. So. I think they're one of those clubs that are too good for the championship, but you know they're, they're not spectacular yeah. in the Premier League like teams such as Sheffield United are. Do you think that's just based around the management or just the players generally? I think that's a recruitment because um, they can't do much more with the squad they've got. Like um, when Aaron Moy was there, he was, he's not a, he's a top world-class championship player, but he's not a world-class premiership player. Mm. Now in 16th, uh, we had West Ham this season. So of course, David Moyes, taking over the train wreck that was Pellegrini's West Ham team. Um, I, again, it's another okay from me because, I mean, he, you could say, you could argue good, but I don't think he's that amazing. Of course, they kept mm. them up. I ju- I'm not going to say just, but got them up slightly um, calmly. Now, I could see them doing quite well next season under Moyes because... He's he's obviously been there before and he's back again. And he seems to kind of understand the players and I think that they can get his style of play well, do you think? Do you think that this season he's just okay? Oh uh, yeah, because they've not they've done what they've wanted to do, they've stayed up and that's vital for them in their funds that they're gonna get. Because if they went down, they'd have to sell Philippe Anderson, have to sell Sebastian Haller. It just wouldn't go well for them. Now, of course, you can see that their key player there, of course, Mikel Antonio. Um, as a Forest fan, I'm very annoyed that he left. And we definitely want him back after seeing his recent form. Do you think, again, that next season he will be their key player? Uh, yeah, I think he is every season. He's such a unique player because he's so strong and he's so quick. You don't, you normally get one or the other, mm. whereas um, he's both. So... He's a he's a very good player. Um, now seventeenth, just as just above relegation, of course, is uh, Aston Villa and Dean Dean Smith. Now, I've I I wasn't surprised to see them there. I that's where I expected to see them this season. Um, but I still think you could put it as quite poor because they didn't really you know deserve to stay up. Of course, the Hawkeye failure that got them that draw, which got them the point to keep them up. But I think he's a good championship manager and he's not Premier League level. I don't know whether it's just yet, but he's not Premier League level. We saw his quality at Brentford and, of course, getting Villa up. What what do you think of the season? I think it's been incredible for them because you'd have never said them staying up. All right, they've got Jack Grealish, but they've got no one else. And they've known that they've just pretty much saved Jack Grealish for another season. 
because I can't see Jack Grealish leaving now if he knows that he's got Premier League football with them. Mm. Well, I I mean, I'm just going to disagree with that because I think they could lose Grealish and I think that kind of might have been the perfect time mm. for him to leave because he's scored the winning goal to keep them up. I don't, you, don't, you never know because, of course, Man United are interested. Uh, we might see him go, we might see him not. It depends because Villa, I think, have put on an eighty million pound price tag. Do you think anyone's going to pay eighty million for Jack Grealish? Um, I know United have turned down; they're not paying eighty million. But supposedly Arsenal came up with a bid for them. But I can't see Arsenal spending eighty million on a player. So. Oh, of course, you know we're saying you just said they're Man United turning down a bid; they're not going to pay eighty million. Well, they they think they're going to get Sancho for fifty million. So. You never know, they might use their persuasive techniques on him, on, uh, <laughs> on Dean Smith. Now, uh, as we do enter the relegation zone now uh, with Bournemouth, and you can now say ex-Bournemouth manager, Eddie Howe. Now, this season has been uh, obviously quite poor for Bournemouth. They never really got, got going. Um, and I think we all knew... After a while, this is the fifth season, of course, was in the Premier League that this was going to happen. Uh, but I still think that this was quite poor because they didn't really, didn't really have any flair about them. They just seemed that they were waltzing towards relegation. Do you agree with that? If you usually ask me about Eddie Howe, I'd usually put him in incredible because he's, I think he's a world-class manager, but... For some reason, his tactics just have not been working this season for Bournemouth, and that's why they're sitting in relegation zone. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of talk of who's going to take over. I think the favourite at the moment is actually his assistant manager, uh, Jason Tindall. Um, there's obviously other, other names linked with it. Of course, it's the championship, so you get every single name in management linked with it. Of course, the, there's even Sam Allardyce being linked with them, which is never going to happen. Some people are calling for Harry Redknapp to take over, but um, of course that is just never going to happen. Now, 19th is the horror show that is Watford. Um, three managers this season, of course, Javi Gracia, I might say that wrong completely, um, Kike Sanchez-Flores, Nigel Pearson, you could say four, with the Hayden Mullins being caretaker manager multiple times. But we're going to look at Pearson. Um, I think I put him in okay, and I didn't want to put him in poor because he had done a very good job, I feel, because it, it came up to right till the last day for them to survive, uh, or to not survive as it was. But the club decided to get rid of him for two games. and I, I find that a bit stupid because what's what's Hayden Mullins going to do in two games that Pearson couldn't have done? He can either, you know, get them up or take them down. And I think Pearson's the more experienced. I'd give it him the, you know, give him two games. What's going to happen in two games that's going to, it's going to change it. But that's just the board at Watford that they're a bit, they're a bit crazy. Do you think that, would you agree putting him in the okay bracket? Uh, yeah, he's done an all right job. He's he couldn't have done much else. Like, um, was he there when they beat Liverpool? Because yeah. you can't do much more than beating teams like that, and yeah. they were just unlucky at the end, really. Because if they had turned that Arsenal game around, 
they were staying up, which I thought they were going to do at one stage during that game. We saw um, there was a lot of rumours that the reason he had been dismissed was due to a fight with the player, one a player or two. I didn't mention with the players um, in the dressing room after I think it was the West Ham game, supposedly. But Troy Deeney came out and said that never happened. Whether that's just an excuse to, you know, give their reason to the fans, we'll never know. But Pearson, he's a quality manager. But I think he's good for the Premier League and good for the championship but this season as you said did well was with what he was given now in last place with arguably one of the worst sides i've seen in the premier league for a long time of course they got did get results against man city which no one expected but it's norwich and daniel farker now ever since the restart is when i've seen them more um because there's nothing else to do really um you can just see how, in my opinion, how clueless a side is. Um, I've put Daniel Farker as the only person I've put in bad because watching him try and manage this side, being beaten pretty much every week, he just sits. He just either stands there, watches, or sits there on the touchline. He doesn't seem to have a plan B, which I know as a Forest fan, which we needed a plan B this season to try and get us in the playoffs. That never happened, and that was the problem. And I think that was Norwich's problem this season. They didn't have a plan B, and they couldn't They couldn't fight back. Would you, would you agree that he has not had a good season at all? Absolutely. The teams, the players that they've got in their squad, they should be able to stay up in it. Because I think they're going to be a bit of a yo-yo team between the Championship and the Premier League but they need to be able to start performing in the Premier League because the players they've got, like Max Ahrens, is world-class. I could see him getting in the England squad in the future. Mm. And they just need to start getting a formation together that will work for them in the Premier League. Well, they also have, of course, multiple talents. They've got um, Emmy Buendia, who is brilliant, uh, Todd Cantwell. Tim Krul has been vital for them this season. Mm. Um, of course, he's, he's not gonna. I don't think he'll leave unless his contract's up. I'm not really sure, but it has been a very, very bad season for Norwich, and it must be very bad to support them because they have been. And I know this might be a bit extreme, but they've been a bit of a joke to watch because they've just been disastrous this season. Um, now that rounds up all 20 managers. Um, as you can see, the template is on screen with all managers ranked um it's it's going to be it's been an eventful season of course with lockdown and then the restart we're going to see what happens next year and see who survives the rotating premier league wheel of management but thank you so much for listening um it's been quite a quite an entertaining episode for us to make um yeah thank you for listening it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me thank you for listening that was the final whistle <laughs>